Hey friends, before we get to this week's episode, we have a couple of great things coming up this month at Redemption Hill that we want to share with you. All the details for these you can find on the website that's linked in the show notes. First, we have All Be Home for Christmas, a hand-spun, homemade family Christmas show. This will be December 22nd at the Basque Center downtown at 6 p.m. This event is sponsored by Boise Turnkey Real Estate, and all the proceeds will go to support Leap Housing. You can bring your whole family and you can RSVP at the Facebook event, also linked in the show notes. This year, we'll be doing two Christmas Eve services in conjunction with Discovery Church. Those will take place at 3.30 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. We hope to see you there. Now, enjoy today's episode. And the thing is, both of those things are meant to be true, where God's presence is meant to be fully realized, and God is going to bring about the justice of setting all things the way that they were meant to yeah. be. We're living in um, in shalom, which is alignment with God's design for the world, for us, and for creation. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what we're talking about when we think about shalom is setting things right, which means like if we're going to see the kingdom of God come and that shalom come, um, we're meant to be... Um, the ones who embody the shalom. Hey everyone, welcome to another Instagram live interview. Uh, My name is Alyssa. If you don't know me, um, I'm the communications director at Redemption Hill. um, And a big part of my job is getting to host these interviews, um, which I love. So thank you all for choosing to join us today, whether you are live or watching later. Um, If you are watching live, it's the second week of Advent. Um, We love Advent at Redemption Hill um, and looking for the ways that the kingdom of God is coming and breaking in, um, which is really what Advent is all about. Um, If you're watching this and you're like, Advent, what is Advent? Um, You can listen to the last interview. um, And I gave a little primer on what is Advent at the beginning of that. Um, And that should hopefully answer your questions enough um, that you can understand what we're talking about. Um, So today we are talking about lighting the second candle of Advent, um, which is the angel candle or the peace candle. Um, And we are going to hone in on that today, talking about angels and peace um, and what both of those look like for us, why it's relevant. Um, And Robert talked about this a bit on Sunday. So in case you missed it, um, he talked about how the peace that came into the world with Jesus is radically different than the ways we think of peace as a society. Um, It's a reality that comes only through violence, power, and sacrifice. Um, And Robert walked through the angel's message to Mary um, and asked us to consider what it would look like for us to commit to the work of kingdom peace or shalom um, in our communities and as a community, which is a new way of thinking about it. So we're going to get Robert in here and then we're going to get rolling. Hopefully. There we go. Hey. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing? Okay. Not so bad. 
Awesome. Waiting, ready for the sun to come out of the clouds. Maybe at some point. We'll you, have to, you have to give up, otherwise you get depressed. You I know. Kind of sink into the reality that the sun's gone. It's going to be gone for months. Yeah, we just had to get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. we lived in Boston, it was like no sun from November to June. And so yeah. you kind of like sink into a deep depression. It's, mm -hmm. it, was great. Just, it was great. You just got to let it happen. <laughs> it's just like, well, we're just going to be enveloped in gray clouds forever and ever. Yeah. 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 It'll be fine. Honestly, that's why I go skiing sometimes. I know that there's a chance there could be the sun up there. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can maybe burst through the clouds. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks for hopping on here today. Um, yep. Where I'd love to start today, before we really get into like the peace discussion, um, you had mentioned this right at the beginning of the sermon, and I think it's like a real thing that a lot of people think about. So you were saying that um, this, like, the Christmas story is embedded in us um, because we tell the story over and over so we don't forget it. Um, but you said it's a challenge for you because we tell it the same way every year, um, which is a real thing in Christian culture. I don't have it so much with Christmas, but I really struggle with it at Easter. Um, mm -hmm. have a hard time, like, letting the truth of what's happening hit me because it's just, like, you know, we say use the same words over and over, and it's hard to, like, really grasp the truth of things. Um, so I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about, like, how that's been for you um, with Christmas um, and, like, growing up in the church. Um, and then what are some challenges that we, are, we face when we tell the story again and again? And, like, some strategies maybe for keeping things fresh and meaningful. Yeah, and this is a... Uh... A particular, this is a problem for everyone everywhere for all of history is that how do you, how do you tell a story that's important enough that you remember it and that it mm -hmm. and stays with you, but not so much or not in so many ways that feels stale. Yeah. And you, you have to think about like, I've gone to a few, some seders with friends and, you know, they've been telling the story of the Passover for 3,500 years. And they tell almost the same way every year. Mm -hmm. They read the same story. And there's only one version of the Exodus. It's not. Um, I love that D's nuts just joined. <laughs> That's awesome. Glad um, to have you. <laughs> glad to have you. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so, so like, how, how do you keep it fresh? And if you've ever worked at church, you start thinking about Christmas in August and you, or june or whenever and when you're thinking about easter you start thinking about easter right now and you live in it half the year because it's like these important moments of the church calendar um and so i think it's so easy to just like feel feel that but here's what i want to say is i want to say that um we all have complex relationships with holidays because they're so tied in with our family of origin and all of the culture of our family of origin they're complex because there's lots of disappointment with holidays we ask them to be magical and we ask them to be um to set things right in our families and we ask them to be like these idyllic times and they never are because they're filled with the same people who are there every day or only those special times but they're still <laughs> yeah. Um, and so part of it is we gotta we gotta like pull back and stop demanding so much of the holidays hmm. and we have to let them just be what they are which is 
holiday we call holidays because there's these holiday holy days that are set aside as a gift to us from god to rest like we need to receive the holidays as rest mm. and too often we fill them up with activity and work and yeah um, and we we feel overwhelmed by the demands of the holiday rather than receiving it as a gift mm. so if I, i'd like to say anything that's the word and then the work of the story i i have found that telling the story to kids is a great way to get fresh eyes on it mm. you know like having my own kids and also like our my extended family has always done advent together once a week through holidays yeah, like, so it's, like candles we tell the story and that's a way for us to keep it in front of the kids and then seeing it through their eyes reminds us of the power of it like hmm. seeing it actually yeah. i think that's one way but I, what i was trying to say in the sermon is that god has us celebrate particular events annually because it gets embedded into the season itself and so when hmm. the weather turns cold it, it makes us feel like it's christmas time and that's what god had a plan for with yeah. with the way that he established the holidays in the spring and the fall for the jews it was a way to embed in the rhythms of the world mm. both work and rest which is like this season is a season that's meant to be for rest because the ground in the world lays fallow and we have to we have to wait if you live in an agricultural setting you can't do any work until the ground thaws right or or the weather changes again and so it's it's meant to be a season of rest so mm -hmm. i i want to i want to start by just like acknowledging that that's the purpose of telling this story every year is to so that when we're our kids are 30 or 35 even if they're not going to church the story of advent's invented in the season mm -hmm. so every confronted by it yeah yeah well and you could say the same thing you know with christmas and with easter because uh -huh. what's happening in the world at easter is so indicative of what's also happening in the easter story so that's cool yeah the yeah. death birth resurrection of mm -hmm. the spring season it's yeah part of the reason why god did it yep yeah so great all right well that's yeah that's gives you good stuff to think about i like um what you said about like letting it be a gift and like letting us rest in it because that's not typically the way that we think about it so yeah christmas equals work to most people which is mm -hmm. weird mm -hmm. we, got, we have to change that yeah yeah like let it just be a time where you can rest and celebrate and be cozy and Mm -hmm. Yeah, light your candles. It's yep. great. All right. So speaking of lighting candles, um, we we're talking about the peace candle this week. Um, and so there's a couple things in there that um, have been really sticking with me this week. Um, first, what I'd love to talk more about is um, you asked us to think about in our micro churches what the kingdom peace of God would look like. Um, and we, in my micro church, we just had a little like brainstorm of like, if, if the kingdom of God came in full, what would that look like in our community? And we were sort of baffled at the, like how much of it doesn't really look like what the like Western culture or often like Western Christianity's idea of peace looks like. Um, you know, I think a lot of times it's like preserving the status quo or like absence of fighting which isn't really peace. And I just think it's a, what you're asking, like what you were asking us to think about is a big paradigm shift. Um, so when you think about kingdom peace, um, what comes to your mind 
Um, and then just sort of, I know you've mentioned this before, but thinking about the like difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking mm -hmm. um, and how that's different from like preserving status quo. So I'd love to hear you just like talk about any of that. I, I think we have the opposite problem that the Jews of the first century did. The Jews of the first century had this vision that when the Messiah came, <clears throat> that he would set all things right. Mm -hmm. Primarily, he thought, they thought in that first century that it was, that all of their, um, all of their pain was related to the, the occupation of Rome. And so when, when they were expecting the Messiah, their thought was, well, the Messiah's going to come and he's going to stop the injustices that are readily apparent everywhere that they looked. The presence of Roman garrisons that would tax them and abuse them and treat them as second-class people because they weren't Roman citizens. Yeah. <clears throat> and they were, they were an occupying force. And they were in their homes living in exile uh, without power, without, without the ability to exact justice or change. And so they imagined this political messiah to come in to save them and to drive. The only way to get the peace and the shalom that they were looking for was for the messiah to come and drive out the Roman mm -hmm. empire and, and to take the, back the space. And we've, we've kind of flipped that on its head and we've said that the, the peace of God is this um, tranquil life where we um, feel good and have spiritual connection with God. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, both of those things are meant to be true, where God's presence is meant to be fully realized, and God is going to bring about the justice of setting all things the way that they were meant to yeah. be, and we're living in, um, in shalom, which is alignment with God's design for the world, for us, and for creation. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what we're talking about when we think about shalom is setting things right, which means like if we're going to see the kingdom of God come and that shalom come, um, we're meant to be um, the ones who embody the shalom of the kingdom. Like the church is the temple and, mm -hmm. and the outpost of God's kingdom reign and rule. And so in my neighborhood, this house ought to be a house that's pursuing justice. Mm -hmm. And that, that happens through speaking truth. It happens through challenging, um, challenging abusive practices of people and of families. It, it requires us to um, pursue opportunities for people to have access to housing and food and clothing. It requires us to look at the structures of our city and like, I, I'm, I'm, very interested in housing. And so I, I am constantly looking at our city code and, and, and reaching out and saying what our city code requires here makes it so that housing is unaffordable and housing is mm -hmm. not available. And we have to change the structures to get justice in those things. So, so that's what we're talking about. And then not just justice, but restoration. And so when the Shalom of God comes, it, we, I talked about in the sermon, but it comes through the transformation of people and through that transformation kingdom starts to emerge. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's not just systems and structures and injustices through power, but it's also the way that those things have embedded themselves in our souls and need to be worked out yeah. and need to be driven out 
by the the winnowing of the spirit separating us from the world and bringing the kingdom of god into us and so it's a it's a both and mm -hmm. yeah and so you had you had mentioned this too um talking about like that idea of violence um and how violence is connected with peace um and when you that like really caught me off guard i was like violence i just tend to be like pretty pacifist all the time um in relationships and then also in like big scale um and i i've been thinking about it before you even like talked about it in your sermon um just like writing about it a little bit that i you know those verses of like god's like the leader of heaven's armies and the like i, I imagine like angels with big giant guns and i just like I don't like the image. And so anyways, I would love to hear you talk about like how that violence and like that action fits in with peace. Um, is there, yeah, just more about like what you mean by that. Um, how does that fit with like loving our enemies? How do we make peace and then also grapple with that idea of like, yeah, the violence you're talking about. Would love to just hear you talk more about that. Well, yeah, this, we only have so much time, so we'll, we'll dive in quick. Uh, first of all, I want to say, like, I'm, I'm nearly a complete pacifist. So let me, let me start by saying that. Like, I, I don't believe that violence is the, the direction that we need to move where our, our action of destruction brings about the justice of God. What I'm talking about is that Jesus himself received all of the violence of the world and was destroyed on our behalf so that things would be set right. Hmm. And in the end, the picture that the Bible gives us, I think, is that um, all those who oppose the kingdom are going to be sent away from all of the goodness of creation. Hmm. They're going to be sent into the outer darkness yeah. because they don't want to participate in God's family. And that the way that the Bible, I think, describes it is that it's a it's a destruction that's born out of like God gives us over to the destruction of of our own sin. And so I think that the violence that comes is self-imposed. But mm -hmm. on Christ, it was received so that things ought to be set right. And and I that's what I'm talking about. Like it requ it requires violence. Justice requires conflict. Because the world is always unjust. Yeah. It is always pursuing the 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 power of of the it's is pursuing the rights of the powerful against the weak. That's what the world naturally always moves towards. Yeah. And so if we want to see justice, then it requires us to confront through means of coercion and political um political action and through um our the presence of our bodies in places that they don't belong which is protest mm -hmm. and violence is begot through that conflict mm -hmm. but us our faithful presence to stand up to injustice brings about the violence of those in power and then brings about transformation through moral authority you see see how that works like we, yeah. we faithfully present ourselves 
the violence of the state or the violence of the powerful against those who are weak shows the moral authority of those and their case. And then justice is brought through their, through their moral authority, which is, which is nonviolent primarily mm -hmm. by those who are seeking the kingdom. So I want, I want to embed those two things together. It's the violence of those who are seeking destruction, who will themselves be destroyed by their yeah. own, by their own sin. Um, and also there has evil has to be driven out through conflict. And so there will be violence, but it's not the violence of the kingdom. It's the violence of the kingdom of darkness, but it gets turned on its head when it's, when, when God's people receive violence and don't give it back, it actually transforms it into this restorative process of healing. And yeah. so that's, that's how I think of it. Yeah. I didn't dive into that in a 20 minute sermon, but yeah. No, no it's <laughs> I figured we you you couldn't, so that's why I wanted to talk about it more because I just know it can be tricky, but that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so pivoting a little bit, talking about I want to just talk about angels a bit before we go. So, um, there is this Sylvia Plath line, um, this poem um, that I love, and she has a line in it where she talks about being aware of whatever angel chooses to flare suddenly at my elbow. Um, and I've been thinking about that like all this Advent um, so far. And just thinking about like how we pay attention to angels, um, how much do we actually look for them? Um, so I would love to hear you talk about like, do you think we still like see angel messengers today? Like not, maybe not necessarily in the same context, Mary had an angel, but like, what do you think that looks like for us? Um, and then how, what are some ways we can practice like paying attention to angels? Well, let me, let me start by saying that the word, like we've, Angel's a weird word because it's like a, it's an anglified version of a Greek word that just means messenger. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I want to just call them messengers. And then, and then I want to say before the kingdom age and before the age of the spirit, the messenger of God's, God's word had to be embodied in this celestial kind of way. And so angels were necessary before yeah. Mm. And and the power of the kingdom coming is the spirit is unleashed and God's God's presence and God's voice then is democratized. It's available all the time. It doesn't require. Mm -hmm. And there's, um, we have this interesting picture in the Old Testament where um, Daniel's praying and he's he's waiting for God to show up and it takes 21 days because this angel has been battling at the edge of of heaven and earth to get through and Michael has to come and fight this demon so that the angel messenger can show up. I feel like That's, I've never heard that story. It's, it's just I'm like, like, what? It's this wild little vignette. And you're like, That's crazy. This, there's this picture of this contested space that we all live in on this earth, huh. darkness and light that are yeah. at battle. And that the kingdom of God is an insurgent kingdom hmm. in a world that's owned by evil and darkness. Yeah. And so I think we need to think of angels as a part of God's arsenal to bring about the kingdom, but that they're, they're conspicuous in the spiritual realm. Angels show up and they're noticed. And so I think that the, the spirit of God in us is the same way 
um, when it when we're living out the kingdom of God, the Spirit is working in power in us. It is conspicuous spiritually. That's why there is spiritual battle when we step into our calling and step into our gifting and live out the kingdom is because the spiritual world takes notice. Mm. And and I think that we don't need angels as the as the people of God, but I still think that the spirit of God and angels still are at work drawing people to Christ. I think that angels are present in our world and in ways where God has has to intervene at a moment at a particular time. I think his angels are still embodying his presence in that way and his work. Um, and I think we need to think of them as his servant messengers who are, mm-hmm. who are participating. And I think that they're also a, uh, a great example of what it looks like to be fully into God's kingdom. The loyalty and service and presence that they bring is, is mm-hmm. exactly how we're supposed to be followers of Jesus. So yeah. I like the angels that way. I don't think we should worship them. And I don't think that we should like rely on them like we rely on the Holy Spirit. But I think that they're still a present force in the world today. That's cool. Yeah. Um, my One of my friends always, uh, she has this thing she says where um, she says like uh, she brings the angels when she needs a friend. Um, but just like thinking of like, oh, yeah, there are angels around also. And they're around me all the time. And yeah. it just like even flipping, thinking about it in your head helps you to feel less afraid sometimes. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're meant to be this presence of, uh, of comfort and of mm-hmm. um, uh, like an envoy of God. And I think that we should see them as the physical representation of God's protection. They really are. And we need to, we need to enjoy that for what it is. Yeah. I've got, I've got a role, Lisa, but I'm, I'm so thankful that we could jump on today. Yeah, and absolutely. This was a great conversation. I'm looking forward to more. Me too. Thanks. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. All right. Thanks everybody for joining. Um, a couple of quick things before we totally sign off. Um, we have, Um, Some great Christmas stuff coming up. We have our Christmas show, which is going to be December 22nd at 6.30 p.m. Um, That's going to be at the Basque Center. Doors open at 6. There'll be an auction. There'll be, like, silent auction. There'll be food. Um, And we would love to see you there and all your friends. So if you want to RSVP to our Facebook event, you can find that at the link in the bio. Um, You can also um, invite your friends from the Facebook event. Um, Please invite anybody you know. Um, It's family friendly and we'd love to see everybody there. Um, We'll also have our Christmas Eve service, obviously on Christmas Eve. Um, And that's gonna be, there'll be two this year. So it'll be at 3.30 and five. And both of those are gonna be taking place at our new location at Discovery Church. Um, That address also is on our website. Um, You can just Google Discovery Church Boise and it'll take you right there. Um, We're going to be partnering with them for the service, and I think it's going to be really sweet. Um, I miss everybody. Miss seeing you guys every week, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing you for the Christmas time, um, and we hope you have a fantastic rest of your week, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection, where you can fill out the Connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at Redemption Boise. 
We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.